Something we sang this morning just came out of the Holy Ghost. There's a spirit of faith in the air. I can feel it right now everywhere. The Holy Ghost is moving. My future's improving. The spirit of faith in the air. Come on, help me say it. There's a spirit. Welcome to the Faith on the Air podcast. I think this is the 30th episode. Mariah, am I right? I believe so. We're to 30. Welcome to the 30th edition of Faith on the Air, where we hope to build your faith today. We know we're building your faith because we preach the Word of God. We're going to get into the Word of the God today, and the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And Mariah, I believe people's faith are going to be built today on today's podcast. And the yeah. Bible says that we overcome the world and our victory is from our faith. And so faith is so important today in this day of world that we're living in. If you don't have faith in God, then I don't know where you're going to end up at. And it's probably not going to be a good place. That's, that's very true. Very true. But thank God that we don't have to end up there, that we can know the word of God. We can serve the Lord. We can have abundant life here on earth, a victorious life a life that's holy and that we can be built, our faith be built as we hear the word of God. So Jacob, what, what are you drinking today? Drink check. Water out of a coffee cup. <laughs> I think I look fancy, but I'm not. That's what they do on all like the TV shows is they always have that. And I've heard it's just like water in it, never really coffee. I've got water today too, but I'm fancy. Mine's got, you can see it. And if you're listening, it's just water with lemon and raspberries and stuff just the oh dear lord you know make it a little fancy tonight <laughs> i need my red bull i keep forgetting to get a red bull i had one today earlier so i, I had to saved it for the podcast really good today from fox holler in effingham illinois shout out to fox holler they've good got some good ground coffee but it was um red bull with orange juice and ice in it and some like strawberry syrup i think it was delicious and that sounds you, good. Yeah, it was really, really good. Just, and they had, they have really good food there now too. So if you're. I was um, talking about Red Bull. I was uh, going passing out flying this week and I was talking to one guy and um, he was outside with his wife and um, I went up to him and told him about the outreach that was going on, what I was flying for. And then I ended up leading him to the Lord and, and praying the sinner's prayer with wow, him. That's awesome. And then he was drinking a Red Bull and stuff. And um, I said something when I was leaving, and he's like, I'm like, Red Bull. And he's like, yeah, that's a sin. I'm like, if Red Bull's a sin, I'm going to hell. And I'm like, <laughs> I had to explain to him, like, Red Bull's not a sin. I'm like, you even got a scripture for it. I said, you could drink anything deadly, and it shall not harm you. So I'm like, you got that scripture for it. But I just thought it was funny. It's funny, but then it's also sad. Like, people just think, like, everything they're doing is a sin. It's like, oh, yeah. Red Bull's not a sin. So, yeah. Speaking of outreaches, our church actually just went around um, last night and we went around and invited people to an upcoming revival that we have. And I want to invite you, if you are in the area or not in the area, come in and be with us next week, March 3rd. We have our very own evangelist, Jacob Logan, is going to be preaching at Edgewood Full Gospel Church at 10 a.m. on that March 3rd Sunday morning. And we are so excited. It's like the prodigal son returns. We're we're excited, but he's not a prodigal. He's a Bible college student. So he's coming back to Edgewood and we're expectant. We're excited. And actually that night, a little bit of um, pre-information for you is we're going to be recording live Faith on the Air. Um, and so come and join us for that. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to that next week, March 3rd. And then March 8th, through the 11th, we're having a revival weekend at our church with evangelist Doug Eccles, a good friend of ours that we love, and he is going to preach. And um, we're just expecting healing, salvations, people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And also on that Monday night of that revival, the AFBC, the Apostolic Faith Bible College team, is going to be coming and ministering to us. So just an awesome weekend um, of the Holy Ghost moving. And so I want to invite you out to that. We would love to have you. Those night services are at 6, and the morning service on Sunday is at 10 a.m. And so we invite you to that. But we were out, and we were inviting people in Edgewood to our revival, to our church, to everything that we have going on. And Jacob and I were talking on the phone earlier today how that is a very uncomfortable thing for people to do. 
And I was talking to somebody last night and, you know, it was their first time ever doing it. They had never went around and invited people to church before. It never went around and witnessed to people before. And I said, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is not something I love to do either. Um, at first, I, it makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. It's not my comfort zone. Um, first of all, there's a lot of big dogs and big cats out there. You never know what you're going to get when you just knock on someone someone's door, if they're going to be happy that you're there, be mad that you're there. You just, it can feel a little awkward. But then once you do it, the testimonies that come out of it, the seeds that are planted in the harvest that comes, the just getting out and doing what a believer is called to do, it's life-changing. And so Jacob, I just wanna talk about that just a little bit as we get started here of our experiences, maybe how you felt like, just like you said, you just walked up to somebody and led them to the Lord. And I just wanna say this, first of all, I think it's this conception or this misconception rather that people think only preachers and evangelists are to go out and do things like that or even people with personalities i think of someone in our church they testify they love to do this they it's you know but that's not the story for most people most people this is very awkward but it's not the bible didn't just say go into all the world those who have outgoing personalities those who are really good at public speaking this is something for every believer that if you are a Christian, you are automatically signed up to be an evangelist to your world, to be to go out and to compel the people to come. So we've got to get over this, um, I guess, stereotype or this misconception that it's only for certain people and I don't have to do that. It's not really for me. Well, if you're a Christian, this is for you. Yeah, I think it's funny or not funny, but people act when they say that where they're like, man, it's just not my personality. I'm like, when we were talking earlier today on the phone, it was like, none, I, I, it's very, very rarely anybody's personality. Yeah. Even if like they're an outgoing person, there's something that your flesh is going to fight against sharing the gospel. And there's that quote that I know we, we both know where it's, there's only two types of Christian. There's soul winners or there's backsiders. And I mean, that's very convicting. Yeah. It's not like I, and it's not like me and Mariah or, or we always just been like on fire soul winners and leading people to the Lord. And I, and I was convicted about that and, and growing that. And that's what I, I'm doing that right now is just, is trying to grow and get that out there. Cause I wasn't doing that before. And then I was just thinking the other day and I was praying just kind of like talking with God. And it was like, it's really a mindset thing because it's like, if you, someone who's truly saved and you truly understand what God did for you and how he changed your life and what, when you understand that you're going to want to tell somebody else about it. Yeah. Like it, when you think about it and then I was just like working, like putting it in my mind, I'm like, it is such, we have such an easy job. Christ did everything for us. God sent his son for us and did everything and did this, all this miraculous stuff, wonderful stuff. And all we have to do is just tell somebody about it, yeah. tell somebody about it. And it's, and it's really, it's really simple. I mean, you'll have people get mad and, and not want to hear you, but most of the time, like, and it's crazy the same day that I was going there, I was going from house to house and it was in a really rough area. And I wanted this one house, there was houses. that was like just super sketch to go up to, but I just like went up to it and knocked on a door. And there was just one house, like blaring music, uh, not Christian music. I'll just say that. And um, dogs were barking like crazy. I didn't know what was going to happen. I just knocked on the door and this lady ends up coming out and I'm like, just wasn't expecting lady. And she had a cane and she came out and I began to talk with her and she shared about what she was going through. And then I ended up getting a pray for her for healing. And then I ended up, and then I was going to walk away. And then I said, and I turned back around. And I felt the prompting of the Lord I turned back around and I was like hey before I leave I know you're going to get healed and I'm like but I don't want I'm like I want to make sure you're right with God I said but heaven forbid or God forbid you die tonight would you spend eternity in heaven or hell and just asking that question yeah and this lady hard lady and tough tough lady and ends up starts crying and then you can lead her to the leader to the Lord it's just like that question is in everybody yeah. Are you going to spend eternity in heaven or hell? Doesn't matter how much they mask it or they say, I don't believe in that. People, when you ask them that question and put that, put it in the ballpark, hey, where are you going to spend eternity? And people will listen to you and then just share the gospel, share the good news. It, it, it goes back to the, it's good. Like it should mean, be good yeah. news to you. 
It shouldn't be good history. It shouldn't be you you know a lot about Jesus and the history about it. It should be good news so it could be it should be breaking news in your life every single day. Like this is what's happening. This can change your life. And you should be able to tell stories of people's life being changed through you, through the power of God working through you into other people's lives because when you and it all comes down to understanding what God did for you yes. and what he wants. And if you don't when people don't really understand that, I'm not saying they're not truly saved, but I'm saying is you don't it, that's why you're you're having a problem with witnessing. That's why you're having a problem with soul winning because you don't really understand what God did for you. Yeah. That he made you a completely new person. Ch turn your life around. And you know, one thing that I would say with that is it's amazing to me how many people are waiting for you to ask them that question. Like we think it's like, oh, they, they're going to be mad. They're going to think this is so weird. But they're actually just kind of like waiting for you to ask that the money question. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? And also the other thing is prayer. Most people will not turn down prayer. Like if you would just say, hey, can I pray with you about anything? There is a son or a daughter they want prayed for. There's, like you said, health. Um, and last night when we were witnessing, I had a lady come and and come out again, just, you know, doesn't go to church, that type of thing, and came out and I said, is there anything I can pray with you about? And she said, I need a new life. And and then I've also encountered in the last few weeks, people that I'm just working on, I'm, I'm gonna lead them to the Lord. And, but just crying, like my life is, you know, this, that, or the other. And it's like, so again, you think people think one way, but really people are waiting. They're waiting to hear the gospel. They're waiting yeah. for someone to just ask them. And it, it's surprising. So don't, don't be scared. Don't be timid. And again, it doesn't have to be this, you know, there's people all around. I think that's one thing that I don't know if it's, I'm interested to know if you feel like it's different in Pittsburgh than here. But one thing that we run into here a lot I think in Midwest culture, and you grew up here, so you can correct me or tell me if you have a different opinion. But a lot of people in the Midwest, they think they're good. Like it is hard to find somebody that will say, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. Most people grew up, you know, in some type of like, their grandma went to church, you know, they kind of think it's like, but once you really start talking to them about their life, it's like things come out and they realize, oh, no, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. So it's like at face value, they're like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, my grandma goes to church or I went to church on Easter. Oh, I believe in Jesus. He's a great guy. Like I even pray sometimes, but it's like, once you start to really like talk to them, the things of their life begin to come out and they are like, yeah, like I don't know. And, and, and it's just very, very interesting to me. If you will just let the Holy ghost speak through you and talk through you, how those things will kind of come to the surface. How do you feel yeah, like I it's out there? I think that's something that's everywhere is where people don't. But then if you go down to it, and that's what I found, like if you look somebody in the eye and just be like, do you know with all certainty, 100% without a shadow of a doubt, if you were to die tonight, where are you? Like, would you go to heaven? Do you know that? Yeah. And when people go like, and they pause or anything, you ha they're going to say they're, they don't know. And then that's when you go, okay, you can know and then explain them. All of sin involves toward the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And God sent for love, so loved the world that He sent His Son, and lead Him to the gospel message, and then say, "Do you want? Do would you want to receive Jesus today, and be able to lay your head to the pillow and know you're going to go to heaven?" Yeah. And then you lead Him in the in the and it's like, I think it's it's just awesome because it's like when you people are such good soul winners. Like there's people, and it's like. Some other people are like, well, you don't want to go around beating people head in the Bible. And it's like, no, if you're if the good people, they don't go around beating people no. in the head of the Bible. It's like they can get into every conversation. I was just reading a book about somebody who's a master at this, and they were he was sitting around and everybody was talking about horse betting and everything. And he was just like just sitting silent because he didn't have anything to say about that. And all of a sudden God gave him an idea and he he looked to the guy who was an atheist and who was like the big guy who was leading like all the conversation about the horse betting, and he said, I'm betting my all my money on the white horse in Revelation. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, and he's like, who is the rider of the white horse in Revelation? And he's like, and that's just the question I was hoping that he would ask. And then ended up leading him to wow. salvation and, and talking to him about that. But it's like people that are like, 
But here's another thing, and we talked about it last week, and this is a, something that really encouraged me for soul winning. So if you're looking for like encouragement, we, we're telling you, you need to be a soul winner today, not because God wants you to be a soul winner if you're not a soul winner, because there's such benefits out of it. And then one yeah. of the one benefits that I think of is, you know, we know through scripture that God's main purpose, the only thing that he wants is souls. The only thing you can bring to heaven with you are souls. God wants people into his kingdom. God's desire is that every man be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. That is God's purpose. He sent his son to tell people the good news, to die for them so they could come back to connection with him. That's what God's going after. And so you, when you figure out his purpose, so if that's God's main purpose, his only purpose on earth, all his resources, all his backing, all his peace, everything that is part of God and healing is part of God, peace is joy. All these things are parts of God. God is love, love, all these things. They're going to be resources that God is pushing towards his purpose, and that's getting souls saved. Yeah. So when you align your life as I'm going to get souls saved, and this is what's something that clicked in me. Okay, if I set a goal, and that's what I set a goal at the beginning of the year, I want to see one person. I want to lead one person personally to the Lord face-to-face -face a week, just a week, starting with that. And that's nothing to some people. That's a lot to some other people. Yeah. That, that's, that's just where I'm at, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm growing. I'm trying to do better. But putting that as, as a goal, I'm not going to let a week pass that I don't lead somebody to the Lord. And I've hit it. And and I thank God that he's allowed me to hit it and, and opportunities to go out and soul win. But when you set that goal, it's like, okay, then you go through your week and it's like, okay, who can I lead to the Lord? And you're looking at it. You're literally in the flow of God because you're going, and you're not just like going through life monotonous. Who knows? I can go there. It doesn't really matter. No, you're going I need to get some soul saved. So it means you're going to be in the purpose that God has for you. Yeah. You're going to be in the flow when you're going after what God wants. If you want to be certain you're in the flow, you're getting soul saved. You can know you're in the flow of God's will yeah. for your life. Yeah. And I don't know why, but, and maybe I'm just crazy, but I've, I guess I kind of went through this period or something where it's like, there's not, they go, oh, there's no one really for me. Like everyone's good. Everyone's, I, I don't have anybody to witness to. I don't know who to invite. I don't know who to witness to. But the Bible proves this wrong when in Matthew 9, verse 37, this is Jesus speaking. He said, said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the fields. And that's something that has totally changed. And for me, is like I look around now and it's like everywhere I look, there's souls at 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 the store their souls in in the town driving around it's like ask the lord to reveal to you people and souls that need to be saved not just a um like kind of i think we just get busy in life and we get focused on like yeah i'm serving the lord but are you looking around and seeing that there's people that when they die if they don't get saved they're going to go to hell like asking the lord to fill you with that compassion asking the lord to fill you with like lord open my eyes so that i can because he says the harvest is plentiful like i think that's where people get sometimes of like oh well there's not people around me i know again i know i've been there but it's like no there is plenty of harvest it's the workers oh, yeah. that are few it's the people that will truly go and do what jesus commanded us to do and again and that's mark 16 15. it says and then he told them go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned these miraculous signs accompany those who believe they will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink any poisonous thing it will not hurt them they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed so that's another encouraging thing is that you're going to, we're commanded, go into the world, preach the gospel, preach the good news. But that's not just all that's going to, people aren't just going to get saved, but there's going to be signs and wonders and miracles that follow that the sick are going to be healed, that, that, that there, again, demons are going to be cast out. And so what do you talk about that a little bit, Jacob, of just when you've seen people, um, you've seen the signs follow once you've went out and won souls. Yeah, I think. One thing I think it goes hand in hand with that is a trap a lot of people fall in is they're waiting for something spectacular to send them to go. They're waiting for, oh, that's just not my gifting, or they're waiting for something to happen before, okay, God, show me somebody today that just leads me to the Lord. 
why don't you just go to the the person that you see if they're saying by themselves and just start talking to them and seeing where they're at yeah and just going and then there i listened to a man who was talking about the story about when josh when um Saul and the army was fighting the Philistines and Joshua went up with his armor bearer by himself and started the fight, which then catapulted into this huge win, all because he was saying, I'm not going to sit around, but I'm going to go after what I, sh I know I should be doing. You should not be waiting for some sign. If you're waiting for a sign, let this be your sign today. Go and start destroying the kingdom of of yeah. darkness to so go and start stealing what the devil has and taking back what the devil stole from you and getting souls back into heaven and just go out and be a terror to that's what jesus did how yeah. god anointed jesus of nazareth who who went around doing good god anointed jesus who went around doing good and spoiling all the enemy's plans who he healed all who the devil has been oppressed been oppressing people are oppressed by the devil and you need to go back and steal them out so joshua just went ahead and did something he knew Okay, I need to go, and you know I need to get soul saved, so go do it. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I think, like what you said, people are want the miracle, the sign, the wonder, and then they'll go soul winning. When it's like, yeah. no, go soul winning, and then miracles, signs, and wonders are going to follow. And I think where I'm at with it is just a prayer that I've prayed recently so much is, Lord, just fill me with your love for people. I kind of preach on this a little bit on Sunday, talking about walking in love, but loving, I, I can't just love Jesus. I have to love people too. And loving Jesus means loving people. And I've heard this said a lot, and I know it's in joking, but kind of like ministry would be so easy if it wasn't for the people. Because, you know, or people will say things, just like, I really love Jesus, but I, I can't stand people. Well, you can't you just can't if you're going to love Jesus you have to love people too so if you're finding yourself in a place that you don't have love for people today is the day again to pray god fill me with love for people fill me with compassion for people it doesn't mean we accept the sin doesn't mean we just look over everything but no i love you enough to confront your sin i love you enough to get in a little awkward place to tell you about jesus to tell you about the one um who who loves you and wants to save you i'm thinking of a um i've got so many scriptures that i'm thinking of but this one's in jude um let me get there in jude um i think it's a verse 20 let's just start in 20 it says but you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith pray in the power of the holy spirit and await the mercy of our lord jesus christ who will bring you eternal life in this way you will keep yourself in god's love and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering it says rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment show mercy to still others but do so with great caution hating the sin that contaminates their life that's i think where people get the um saying love the sinner hate the sin that we are called to rescue people out of the of the flames of hell to love them enough to say god fill me with love not to be annoyed with people not to be grouchy with people not to just you know walk in I, i'm i've been guilty of this you just walk in somewhere like i just want to get in here and get out of here but lord don't let me have that attitude let me see people that need god to work in their life they need the love of jesus let me see people as you see them and at the same time but i hate the sin i hate the sin that contaminates their life i think there's su such a thing that you can hate sin so much that it makes you love people more because you hate yeah. the sin that you love the people so much you cannot it disgusts you to see them in sin and you're not mad at that person you're mad at the devil and mad at the sin that's separating them from god and and ruining their lives yeah i know the scripture in Hebrews or in, the, in chapter one, where it talks about how God anointed Jesus more because he loved what he loved and hated what he hate. You have to love people and you, ha but then you also have to hate. And when you combine them, like you said, you hate sin so much and you hate what's destroying their life that you want to go against it. And like, Hey, this is why that's going wrong. And I love you so much. And when you have a genuine love, that's when people are going to open up to you. If you're just coming against, if you're just motivated out of hate, it's not going to work. If like you're the just people motivated... sitting on the side of the road in Washington, D.C. in the cities with, you know, signs that say, I, you're, you're terrible, you're going to hell. That doesn't usually work to get people saved. Yeah. 
But then if you're also just motivated out of love and going around and he gets us and washing people's face and I'm just going to love the sin, you're not going to work it either. That's you exactly have to hate the sin to and you have to love them too. Jesus did not go. There's not one instance of going of Jesus going around and saying, I love you and telling people, I love you. I love you. No, no. he said, yeah, you've sinned. Go on and sin no more. I don't condemn yeah. you, but go and sin no more. Yeah. He went around helping people. He went to go against. He hated sickness. He hated the sin. He hated everything that destroyed mankind. He hated poverty. He hated the separation from God. And he went against every single one of this because he loved what God loved and he hated what God yeah. hated. And something that was interesting, you was like talk about how people don't love, don't aren't a people person. I remember there was like, it's always a young girl, I think, but like just young girls in the um youth group would be like I, I'm just not a people person I, I just hate being around people and I remember reading that like so grating to me like that was so grating to me not knowing why but then learning later that it's a scripture in first John chapter 4 in verse 20 if someone says I love God and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love God for yeah. who he whom he has not seen so those people that are saying, like, I'm just not a people, I just can't stand people. You don't like, you're not a true Christian. No. You like, because how can you say you love God when you don't see him, when you can't even love the person that's around you? And and that's makes sense why it's just so grating. But people fall in that trap of it's like, we have to love people. When you are truly born again and you go after what God wants, you will love people and want yeah. to help them the best. There's, and it doesn't mean you like them. There's a lot of people that I have to love that I don't necessarily like but it's like uh, I'm gonna love you but I don't necessarily like you yeah. and what strong language the Bible uses that says you if you say I love God but hate someone else hate another believer hate your brother that you're a liar yeah you know people don't like to be called a liar like and it's like but if you're saying stuff like that it's pretty plain like you have to have love for the people around you and again you're never gonna be a soul winner if you don't genuinely love people but you went somewhere i wanted to go for just a second the he gets us commercial let's let's talk about that for a second if you watch the super bowl or maybe if you didn't because uh i know a lot of this was getting a lot of buzz but there was a supposedly christian commercial i wouldn't call it christian but it was basically a had different images of people washing people in sinful lifestyles feet so it would have like somebody washing a transgender's feet, someone washing um, a girl that just got an abortion's feet, somebody washing um, just all these different types of scenarios. And then at the end, it said, Jesus, he gets us. And I'm thankfully, I, a lot of people came against it. That makes me happy to see because people are saying this is not true Christianity, that Jesus didn't just go to people and go, oh, you know, it's okay. It's okay that you're in this and you're cool. And I understand. And I think that's what people think love is. They think love is just accepting people that love is just, well, it's mean to soul when it's mean to tell them that they're wrong. It's mean to tell them that they're going to hell when it's like, no, that's actually the most loving thing you can do for somebody. You don't have, the Bible says you speak truth in love speak truth you don't have to be mean you don't have to be a jerk you don't have to you know hold up your picket sign and with your britney spears mic screaming at people you can speak the truth and love but if you're not willing to do that then you don't really love people but i showed it at our church this sunday and it was like they i don't know who it was but someone redone the commercial and it has yeah. um like it says former kkk member former lesbian activist former porn star former drug addict for all these things and it was like that's who they used to be and i love the end because it says jesus doesn't just get us jesus transforms us jesus heals us delivers us saves us and it says so like and it uses the scripture so were some of you once were some of you but thank you god we didn't stay there we didn't stay in that place that jesus doesn't like you you quoted earlier he said to the woman now go and sin no more he didn't just say okay you're cool now like glad they didn't stone you keep on going no go now and sin no more because that's how much he loves us and we can love because he first loved us and what kind of love did he show us true love agape love selfless love and then that transformed us and now we can go share that love with other people
Yeah, I think it, and I think this, it goes back to, and I was thinking about this today, actually, and I like how this ties into where we're going. I think the main thing that the world's missing, and it, and it, though this is, I know this is what, if this one thing was added, the whole world be would be, everything would be better. And that's the fear of God. Mm. People don't fear God. Yeah. Sinners don't fear God or they wouldn't be sinning. If you feared God, you wouldn't sin. But again, Christians don't fear God because it's not like you're, it's not just being scared of God, but it's being, when you have a healthy fear of something, it stops you from doing stuff. Yeah. I can have a healthy fear of fires, fire and not being, and not get burnt by it, not touching, putting my hand in a fire. But if that it doesn't mean I have to be scared of any flame that I see and flip out like maybe someone else on this podcast does when somebody holds a flame like matches up them. in the air or something. But there can be a but there's a healthy fear. And so but when you're and when you have the fear of the God, you're, the fear of man goes away. So that and that helps with soul winning. You're not scared of what man thinks because you you fear God more than you do fear man. And no, yeah. God wants me to do this. I fear God more than I fear man, and I'm gonna go with him. And you go with the fear of God and it and it takes all this stuff out of it. And it and it tells that story about that evangelist who loved God but then was going and sinning all the time and it, and it led to his destruction and because he didn't fear God. If you don't fear God, then you're not gonna do what is right. The fear yeah. of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge the Bible tells about talks about so if you don't have the fear of god you don't have the true knowledge of god the bible says that jesus's delight was the fear of god yeah and he says i don't and so what did that make him do what what did that change him if jesus operated in one of the seven ways that the spirit operated through him he was baptized in the spirit of the fear of the lord jesus god in flesh came down and had the fear of the lord and the statement that he made that showed how you operate in the fear of god it was this I don't do anything I see my father. I don't do anything unless I see my father do it. And I don't say anything unless I hear my father say it. Yeah. You only operate with what you know God has authorized because you fear to do anything else, do anything less, or do anything more. God, on, Jesus only operated in the fear of God. That's why you could see him do crazy stuff. And I saw it pointed out one time that when Jesus braided the whip, it wasn't like he was going around doing wild stuff and braiding whips. He was in the temple the whole other day before. Meaning he didn't do that. But then when he was there and he felt and he heard God say, this is what you need to do, then he did it. He didn't wait a single day. He only did what God did because he operated in the fear yeah. of God. So when we start operating in the fear of God and doing what he – and that's what he gets us is not – it's too it's too much – I don't want to say it's too much love because there can't be too much love. But it's too much of this fake love where we're just, we just love people. That's not what Christ did. You have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You, yeah. there has to be a fear there. You can't just be going around doing what you want and, and not fearing and just thinking you're going to love. And the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 10, for if we sin, will sin willfully after having no, having received the knowledge of the truth. So you have the knowledge of truth and that's what these Christians have. They know that our sin is, but then you continue to sin. Well, we're, we just love and grace covers it. There no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a, long, uh, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more worse of punishment do you suppose we will be thought worthy who have trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant, which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. So when you continue to sin and say, and just walk in love and we're going to love the Bible says you trample the son of God underfoot and count the blood of the covenant, which he shed out for you as a common thing. For we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay says the Lord. And again, the Lord will soon judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. It is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. When you live in that expectation that I am wanting to please an audience of one and and have that healthy fear of God of I'm not going to – it's not I'm afraid of God. It's I'm afraid of not being connected with God. I'm afraid of being separated from God. I'm afraid of not being in communion with God. That is the healthy fear, and it will put all this stuff in perspective. And I think it's the main thing that the American church and basically the whole world is missing is the fear of God. Yeah. You're exactly right. And it just, 
crazy how this is all coming together because this is just so much even in my personal time with the Lord today what I was what he was showing me what I was praying and I think that's getting our prayer back getting our desire back to my number one prayer is to please the Lord God that I want to please you above anything else it, and it's like God is such a good God that he will give you the delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But it's like, but is my number one desire to please you? That, that That's a question I like, I know he'll give me the desires of my heart, but it's like, but I still, I want my number one desire above everything to be to please the Lord. And I was reading um, in first Corinthians four today and it says, um, I'll just start in verse one. So look at Apollos and me as mere servants of Christ who have been put in charge of examining God's mysteries. Now a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It is the Lord who himself who will examine me and decide. So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secret to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. That this morning as I re- read that, it can God is going to reveal the motives of our heart. So are we motivated by love? Are we motivated that above everything in my life I please the Lord that I don't care about what man thinks, what man says, what man wants to do, that God, I, I don't need, you know, even my own flesh and what I want to do. No, my number one desire is to serve the Lord. And I know that one day, every motive of my heart, every secret intention is going to be revealed. So I better get it right. I better make sure that my motives are right, that my intentions yeah. are right, that I'm that it's all about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added to me, but I better seek him first. I better care about what he thinks about me and what, um, if I'm pleasing him. And if I have that fear of the Lord in my, and as I live my life. Yeah. I, and I, I think it just go like, if you want to be, have that closeness with God, because that's, I mean, that is the, goal every christian should be going after it's not that god like we talked about soul winning but you don't it's not just like okay i'm a christian that's all god just wants me to be a soul winner god's done with me i I just need to lead other people to. but it's like no god wants to be close with you and the bible says that this the secrets of god are with those who fear him and the intimacy is with those who fear him the fear of god gets you closer to him it drives you closer to him and when you have that such respect and honor you and and when you get closer to God, and have that as your aim of I want to get closer to God more every single day. I want to be closer to God. I want to be known as a person who fears God more than anybody else. I want to be a person who knows God more than anybody else. The Bible says that when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, that um, in Exodus twenty twenty it says, God says that I want to. Um, See that there's no, I'm just going to read it because I'm going to butcher it. I can't quote it. <laughs> but Exodus 20, 20, it shows us the difference between fear and the fear of God because the fear of God is not fear, but it talks about where he's leading the people and they come to the mountain here um, before they meet God because God, God met Moses on the mountain on the burning bush. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to have that same it's not God. Bible says that God has no partiality. God has no favorites. What He does for one, He'll do for other. So it wasn't that He just handpicked Moses. He did pick him out to be the deliverer, but He didn't just pick him like, oh, that's the only person I want to have a relationship. He wanted to have a relationship with all of the people. They were all children of Abraham. They were all in covenant. Had covenant with God. He wanted to have a relationship with all of them. But He said this to Moses, <clears throat> and Moses said to the people, "Do not fear. Do not be afraid, for God has come to test you." That his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So, talk about not sinning, talk about messing up. And this is a twenty a twenty twenty vision. Do not be afraid, but God God has come to test you that your that his fear may be before you, meaning a respect of God and not being afraid. So there's yeah. two different. It's two totally different things there of not being afraid and the fear of God being for you. Moses had a fear of God. He didn't fear. He 
how do you know he had a fear of God? He went back to the people who wanted him dead, Pharaoh, and stood in front of him, which if you go to Pharaoh, you're going to get your head chopped off. But he showed that I fear God more than I fear you. He told me to do this. I'm going to do it. And so Moses had the fear of God. And the Bible says that God showed Moses his ways, but only the children of Israel knew him by his acts. So there's two different types of Christians. Yeah, you can understand God by his acts, and you can come to church, and you can be like, oh, that's awesome, brother Bob. He got healed today, and God's just a mighty God. Or you can understand, no, I know God's ways and know how God's functioning, and God, God will share things to you before he even does it. Hey, I'm going to do this, do this, and this, and you'll be in order. You'll be ready for this. That's how Moses was. God showed Moses his ways and had deep intimate relationship with him the children they didn't they had to go through moses so if you want to have to go through your pastor if you want to have to go through your a man all the time then then i guess you don't need the fear of god but if you want to have that intimacy with god yeah. it starts with the fear of god and i'm i was listening to a podcast today and i was trying to find the scripture they were talking about but exactly in what you're saying it takes an encounter with jesus an encounter with Jesus that if you want to change the world around you, if you want to change and, and become a soul winner, become somebody that's passionate about telling people how about Jesus and how he doesn't just love them, but he wants to change them. That that real love transforms you. That real love will take you from the pit of hell um, to heaven, to, to living a, an abundant life. But it takes a personal encounter with Jesus. If you want to have a public ministry if you want to have public power you better have private prayer private time with the lord private encounter with god that way you can have public power and public ministry but it starts with you having a personal relationship with jesus it starts with you making sure that you have that fear of god that way you can go and accomplish what he wants you to accomplish um this is in ephesians chapter 3 and Paul is praying this for spiritual, it's his prayer for spiritual growth. He says, when I think about all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. The love of God will keep you strong. And verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too fully great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So first it's saying here, you got to have this encounter with God. You got to experience the love of Christ, have the power to understand how much he loves you. It's just, and then you'll be made complete. And then you'll be in the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So you may say, well, how do I have an encounter with God? Spend time with him every single day. Ask him to speak to you. It's not, I'm not, you know, and that's a whole other topic that we could get into of like, you know, people have like, they think they got to wait till a youth camp and they have this like crying moment. And that's like this encounter with God. I, I personally, I think there's times that there's powerful things that happen, but I believe it's this daily encounters with the Lord, you know, the daily, him being your daily bread, him every day spending time in his presence. And yes, obviously those times where, you know, the power of God is in the place, that's awesome too, but there's a place for both. It's walking daily with him, but also having these, you know, crazy God encounters that everybody has that's seeking him. Cause if you hunger and thirst um, for righteousness, you shall be filled. But it takes the encounter and then the power comes. First the encounter and then the power. So don't expect to be a soul winner if you don't have the encounter first. Don't expect to be a soul winner if you don't understand the love of God for you, that you don't aren't filled with the love of God if your roots aren't aren't growing, aren't growing deep. No, have that fear of God, have that encounter with God, and He's gonna fill you with that power to go out and so to be a soul winner, to be somebody that spreads the good news. Yeah. It, everybody that God used, everybody that had such powerful lives had an encounter with God in the Bible and in life now. I mean, you look at people that are used, all had an encounter with God. Moses had the burning yeah. bush. Paul had the road to Damascus. Uh, 
Peter had the vision and to go to, to go with Cornelius and had to with Jesus and not all those encounters with Jesus when he was still on his earth. Everybody you can trace had an encounter with God or had an encounter with Jesus. Why are you any, why are you any different? Not knowing about him. Like it's different yeah. when you have an encounter. And that's what I heard this, an awesome illustration that was talking about. was like, when you know somebody, not just know about them, like, okay, I, I know a little bit about them. And then somebody can come up to you and be like, that person is a jerk and, and tell you all these things that aren't even the truth about that person, but you don't really know. And you're like, okay. But when you know that person, you can say, no, they're not. I know that person. They're not a jerk. They're not yeah. like that because you had an encounter with them and you spend time with them. And you, and that's how, if you want to be able to talk about Jesus, if you want to be able to, to do things like soul win and, and lead people, to, then you have to have an encounter and you have to know them. So then when they come up with these, these, um, and they're not even lying, but they're just, they're confused about it. They're, they yeah. have a misconception about Jesus and they have, well, God doesn't love it. And if there's no freedom and there's just a bunch of rules, if you don't know the truth then you're not, and you don't have an encounter with the word of God and, and that it sets you free, that the word of God is a truth and who, and the truth will make you free. When you don't understand that and you don't have an encounter with it, then you're not going to be able to explain it to somebody. And wh yeah. what happens is when you have an encounter, it becomes real to you. Yeah. And that's why people love, by, uh, church camp and all that stuff because it's like a first time in their life they go oh crap i'm not list just listening to a preacher talk about this this stuff's real yeah and when it comes this stuff's real then you go oh man i need to like there's things in your mind you start popping off i need to change this i need to change this i need to change this because before it's like okay yeah this is awesome this is what i do but when it becomes no yeah. this is real then you automatically go i need to cut this out of my life I need to add this to my life. And it's crazy how that happens at, at camp. And then it's like, I always go back to the people like, man, you guys are awful, awful religious. Aren't like, <laughs> man, your religion is like a big part of your life. It's like, it's like when you have an encounter with God, it, it'll be a big part of your life because it, yeah. it, when you go, this is real because beforehand, all these people that profess to be Christians and don't doing it, they don't believe it Yeah, because it doesn't even make sense. If you really believe that like we're going to be, in heaven one day and everything that we have is going to go through a fire and be tested by God, what we did for him, then you wouldn't be doing half the crap you're doing in life, <laughs> but you don't believe it. But when you have that encounter, it makes you go, this is real. Yeah. I have to change stuff. Yeah. This is real. When it becomes real to you, it changes. You, you, the. It's like you couldn't stop if you wanted to. Yeah. Like, you just like, it, it becomes such a part of you and so real to you that you're like, even if I didn't want to, I can't, I can't stop because it's like, I don't know how to say it other than it's just a part of you. You know, it's real and you know that you better share about it and you need to tell about it because it's not just real for you. You know, it's going to be real for other people too, whether they know it or not. Yeah. It's because like, you can like, trying to get people to stop sinning you can read in the scripture a dog returns to vomit when you're you're going back to your sin you're returning to your vomit but until they have an encounter they they don't care because it's not real to them yeah you, you, <laughs> it's just fine crazy because it's like it has to become real to you yeah and there's different stages to it it became real to paul but he still says i all that i just may know him yeah it, you it's all in the knowledge through the knowledge of him that all these promises that you can stand on, I'm confessing these promises and we talk and I believe in confession. I believe in faith. I believe in all these things, but until this stuff's real to you, it, you're not going to have any of it. Yeah. You can, I, you're not going to be, you're not going to walk in divine health. You're going to get sick. You're not going to walk in freedom of a sin. You're going to always stumble. You're not going to have, you're not going to have prosperity because you're, and you're always going to be broke until this stuff becomes real to you. Yeah. Because when it becomes real to you, when it goes and it, and it's with everything, you have to have a, this thing of this is real yeah. in every part of your Christian life. You have to go, this is real. Seed time and harvest is real. And when it becomes real to you, you're going to sow big seeds because yeah. you realize you're going to sow. When it's not real to you, here's a $50. Here's my tax. <laughs> here's my $10. Here's my $20. Yeah. It's not real to you. You don't really believe it. You but when it becomes out. real to you, you go, oh, my net worth's $10,000. I'm going to give 999 dollars thousand dollars nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and give it and live off the one dollar knowing your harvest is going back that's yeah. when it becomes real to you 
but and then it's the same thing when when salvation and what Christ did for you become real, you're gonna share it to other people. Your life's gonna change. When what Christ paid for you on the cross becomes real to you, then you're gonna be healed. Yeah. It and it comes down. Oh, and it comes down to this scripture just kind of my mind, and I love it. And James, it talks about the receive with meekness the implanted word that's able to save your soul. Meekness. Meekness is teachability. Meekness is moldability. Where Moses was the meekest man on earth, and his father, who he was leading over millions of people, and his father gave him an idea, and he goes, he didn't go, I'm the leader, I'm the one who God called, but he goes, no, that's a good idea, I'm going to use it. He was teachable. He listened yeah, to people. Good. When you receive words with meekness, you have to remain meek. Now, it's not weak, that's meek, M-E-E-K, meekness. When you receive with meekness, teachability, what does that mean? Where the heck are you going with this, Jacob? I'm going with this because the person who thinks they know it is the person <laughs> – it's so funny and how dumb to me. I was talking to Mariah about just dumb people that I know that just think they know everything, and it's like they'll say the dumbest things. <laughs> they did. And I always tell that story about that guy. Like, my granddaddy was a preacher. My daddy was a preacher. Buddy, I know the Bible. Dude, you're living in the woods and you're homeless. Yeah. You're living behind a Denny's in the wood in a sleeping sack <laughs> in the middle of winter. You're an idiot. I'm 21 years Fill old. Fill with that love, Lord. I'm 21 years love. old. I'm driving you in a van. You're twice my age and I have twice your net worth in my pocket i'm not being mean i'm just trying to explain to you like when pe look at where you're at yeah you think you know all this stuff you don't know anything yeah. or because if you what you know is what you're gonna what you're gonna have like shut up i'm trying i'm trying to help you yeah. i was i was literally telling like we were giving them scripture and then this then the, the guy was like i know everything but back to where i was going before i went on this meekness is you have to be teachable so every part of the word of god when you go and and, and you hear preaching and you go yeah i know that uh-huh yeah. yeah that's good i already know that you're not receiving the word of god yeah you have to receive it with meekness so of good. god yes 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 and the people that you see in church amen yeah i know that yeah that's so good yeah um um if you knew what come out of my mouth i mean we saw say bad things all the time it's like shut up you're yeah. not receiving the word with meekness, and it's not going to save your soul. Yeah. You have to receive everything with meekness and go. And because there's there, you have to understand you never reach your max. The word yeah. of God, you'll never know. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I know that. Uh huh. By his stripes, I'm healed. Yeah, but I'm still sick. Yeah, because you don't know it. Yeah. When you do know it, you'll be healed. When yeah. you do know it, you get saved. So many people know about Jesus, but when they really know it, they'll say this, they'll say it, confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior, and they'll be saved. And they'll yeah. be in heaven. People, it's it's just irritating. And I, you can, as you can tell, I'm getting frustrated. But it's like <laughs> people are so dumb. Yeah. And it's like they think they're smart. The dumbest people think they're the smartest people. Yeah. If you notice that. The dumbest people think they're the smartest people. Because what happens is if you don't stay humble and you don't stay meek and, I, I, and have a teachable spirit, you get to where you think you know everything and you make the dumbest mistakes. Yeah. And that's something it's just, you know, people just be teachable. That That's, that's your whole point. I know what you're saying. And he used a very, very extreme uh, example of someone doing that. But like he said, be careful because I think it's easy for Christians to get into that. Like, oh yeah, I know. I know. If you're not teachable, you're not going to be able to move forward. If you're not teachable, God's, it kind of goes into that. Like you don't, you're not able to continue forward in the things of God. And so I think that's such a great point. And I don't think I can um, elaborate on that very much more. Um, I would just say, don't act dumb. Don't be a fool. Don't think you know it all. Be be teachable. But we're, you're asking yourself today, okay, I've heard you guys talk today. I want to be a soul winner. I know I'm not doing what I need to do. And I just want to be honest. I'm not to where I want to be with soul winning. Like, I like, I want, I want to get to the point, like you said, Jacob, one, one a week. And it's like, like, I know, like it, it's God make it so real to me that it's like a, a hundred a day, like, because that's how like, people are dying and going to hell and Jesus Christ is coming back soon. So Lord, make me, make me a soul winner. But if you're asking, you're there too, you're going, I want to be more, I want to just go through again, some of the points we've talked about. Number one, you need to have an encounter with God and it needs to become real to you. Don't just, yeah, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. 
No, you need to know that heaven and hell is real and that Jesus really will change and transform people's life, that the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus will come and he, he has come, excuse me, has come and he will give abundant life. You need to know that. You need to not just know it head knowledge, but you need to know it in your spirit by having, and how do you know it? By having an encounter with God. I think the second thing would be to ask the Lord to fill you with love for people. Even the dumb people that we're talking about, <laughs> that I love them with a Christ-like love. I love them enough to confront the sin. I love them enough to be able to put myself in an awkward situation. I love them so I love them so much that I don't really care even their opinion about me because I love them more than what maybe them getting mad at me, them getting irritated. And number three is just to ask the Holy Ghost with boldness for boldness, excuse me. Pray in the Holy Ghost and build up your inner faith. Ask the Holy Ghost to fill you with boldness that wherever you go, you're not you're not cowering, you're not weak. Because that's the thing. When you fear God, the fear of man goes away and boldness can yeah. come. When you truly fear God, you have an encounter with him, you have a love for people, that cowardness, that that think about Peter. He was a coward. He he didn't want to tell anybody, like, oh no, I don't know Jesus. Even little girls, I don't know. But he got he got filled with the Holy Ghost, had an encounter with with the risen Savior, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then is preaching to thousands of people, three thousand people, you know, doing all these awesome things. So we need to do the same thing. We need to have an encounter with Jesus. We need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and have that boldness to go out and to be a soul winner to the people around us. One thing I heard about boldness is if you're waiting for the butterflies to go away before you're going to start talking to somebody, you're never going to start talking to somebody. Yeah. And it's not about getting the butterflies to go away. It's about getting the butterflies to fly in formation. And mm -hmm. that's what I heard. It's like the butterflies, and this was coming from, I mean, it's very from good. somebody who's a, I don't know how many souls, thousands, I mean, like hundreds of thousands of people led them to the Lord, said the butterflies are never going to go away. You'll just learn how to get them to fly in formation. And so it's like, I mean, that was a moment for me is like, okay, you don't, it, boldness isn't like, okay, now I got the boldness of God. I'm not, I don't have any, there's not anything that's like holding me back. I got, there's not that feeling in your mind like oh you're being an idiot don't say anything stupid no you're still gonna have that you're still gonna think you're gonna be sound like an idiot but it's about going ahead of doing it anyways yeah despite the nerves yeah despite the butterflies i like that getting the butterflies to fly in formation that's good well jacob are you excited to get back to edgewood oh my Back to the flatlands. Back to the to the old flatlands. We're excited to have you. I don't know if you're excited to be here, but we're excited to have you. We miss you here, but we're so thankful for I am excited for the live studio. If you're listening to this and you can make it the live studio, the last time we had it, it was really fun. It's it's super fun in person. I don't know. We might do some special stuff if you come. I might make time to sign some autographs or stuff if you're oh there. Oh my so. goodness. But seriously, come to the in-person because it's a lot of fun and it sounds good when there's a lot of people there and then you have like a clap track in the background. So, Yeah. Well, we're excited and we're excited about souls being one for the kingdom of God in Pittsburgh and Edgewood and wherever you're listening. Revival is going on because the kingdom of God and the people of God are doing what we are called to do and to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we prayed that prayer for you today that you would be filled with boldness that you would have an encounter with the Lord and nothing would stop you, that everywhere you go, there's going to be people being saved, people being transformed, people being healed, the power of the Holy Ghost manifest because you are doing what God has called you to do. But Jacob, unless you have anything else we, to add, I think we're going to sign off today on Faith on the Air. Do you have anything else, Jacob? Go and win a soul this week. There you Lead go. somebody to the Lord. Amen. That's your challenge win a soul this week well we love you so much thanks for joining us thanks for listening and again next week we'll have a live studio audience so get ready for that episode and we will see you back here next tuesday on faith on the air thanks again for listening to the faith on the air podcast if this message encouraged you today make sure to share it with your friends and on social media 
and make sure to check back next Tuesday for a brand new episode. You can also listen to our weekly sermons on our sister podcast, the EFGC Podcast. Just search Edgewood Full Gospel Church on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, the Holy Ghost is moving. Your future is improving. There is a spirit of faith in the air.